Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Well, the Eagles had a week off. Well, half the team did. 13 played in the waffle. And after much even contest for three quarters, Claremont piled on five goals in the last quarter to win 13-10-88-7-8-50. We'll touch on the Eagles' only hit out in the waffle and touch briefly on the second half of the season and the clash against Cats this week. But before we get into it, welcome Dan and Wayne. How you going, boys? Yeah, good day, was it, Dan? How's things all right? Yeah, yeah, good good to be here. Yeah, we're doing this via Zoom because I've uh, had tonsillitis. So I don't want the boys catching what I've got. Um, so my throat might be a little bit rusty and croaky. So some might say it's a bit sexy, but um, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> um Boys, um, I had the privilege. I went down to the waffle on the weekend at Claremont Oval. It was an early start. Um, watch half of it online and then watch the second half at the ground. Um, did any of you boys get to watch the whole game? I watched most of it on uh, on the live stream. So uh, yeah, it was. Look, at least there was. You could tell there was a lot more experience in the team. But um, yeah, the last quarter was a little bit disappointing, but. Some skill errors, but um, it was good to see Dom Shee dominated and Willie showed a little bit of form. I think Ryan showed a bit of form. I think Luke Foley showed a bit of form. But, yeah, that no, was good. It was a good hit out. At least they were a lot more competitive than they had been. Yes, well, it was, it was very surprising for me because I was, even at the three-quarter uh, huddle, you get to hear a few things and the strength and conditioning boys were there and Oscar Allen was... Um, doing the forward line coaching, and he was asking, how many minutes can I get out of Rioli? Uh, How many more can I get out of Liam Ryan? And um, the last quarter, the Tigers, they were just too good. They ran over us. But what people don't understand, and if you're not at the ground, you don't hear it, the strength and conditioning guys have a lot more say in the waffle team than I ever thought they did because Liam Ryan could have gone back on the ground. Rioli went on fleetingly. Petricelli was on managed minutes, and they were asking for more minutes, and they said, no, they've done their minutes. So for the people that don't hear that or see that, that's the, one of the reasons why Claremont, I personally think, ran over him in the last quarter because the rotations were cut down. Uh, did you notice that? Is it, yeah, I did. It was the tail of the tape, really, wasn't it? Because we came out when we had the let's say, your best squad out there. And we dominated the first quarter. They manned up. But after that, it was um, seven lead changes. So we turned it into a grind. We didn't give up. And it was only the last quarter we ran over. So you're like, obviously, you look at it and think, oh, the man minutes, basically, they've pulled a lot of players off. You know what I mean? They're not out there. Because if that was an AFL game, without doubt, a lot of those players would have stayed on there to win that game. Um, you've seen it in the past, even with Nick Nat, you know, going over his normal minutes because he doesn't do as much minutes as other up. But if it's like on the line, sometimes in that last quarter, they do push him that extra bit to get him out there longer. Um, it, it was a great game, but as I said, it was like two stories came out of that game. But what way do you want to look at it? You know, the first half well, or the first three quarters, it was very great effort and it was enjoyable to watch. But then, Getting overran with it, you almost wanted that win because it's been a while. But yeah. it does just go to show too, like understand the managed minutes. 
players are coming back off injuries. But we should have 13 to 15 players in that squad every week and not coming off injuries. Yeah. And that's where I think the waffle can be competitive. It's just sadly been one of those years because Petch, uh, Ryan and Rioli were all hamstring injuries, so soft tissue injuries. So there's no way they're going to push that, you know what I mean? There won't no way they're going to risk putting them out longer. And um, it's a bit sad because that's where our speed is, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, so hopefully they're back in the squad and it will speed us up a little bit. Um I think Wayne hit the nail on the head too with a lot of what he said. I think Folly had a real good game. She dominated. Rioli was really good in the centre. So in centre bounce downs, um, he was really great getting the clearances. Uh, he, he faded out a little bit. And Ryan just did what he had to, you know, half a dozen or so disposals, a couple of goals. But really a couple of goals is what you just need out of your small forward. So if you can add that. Um, well, a couple of young ones like Bazo. I'm just... Really happy with Bazo. Like, well, Bazo, yeah, I wanted to bring him up. I wanted to bring him up, but I'm glad you said his name. He was, um, to me, he was he was all over the place. Uh, 21 touches, six marks, two tackles, five rebounds, and 50s. And I think he even had three inside 50s. I thought that was for a young player of his ilk. He played a bit forward, played a bit back. I thought he was probably one of the best players on the ground. Wayne, you said Foley, Foley was pretty good. Uh, the thing that impressed me with Foley, he was very clean with his disposals mm. and it seemed like he had – and um, even Rotham. And you sit there and you go, well, you guys, you're doing this. And Rotham was using his pace, something that I touched on in podcast a couple of weeks ago, that he doesn't use his pace in the AFL. But in the waffle, he was doing it. And it was, it was surprising to see that they were so composed. And, yeah, the last quarter, fade out. Um, but one thing I did notice about Claremont, they were a big, they're a big bodied team. Some of their boys in their team were bigger than some of the AFL players that we've got. And um, that, that surprised me a bit. And that's probably why they kept in the contest, because at the contest, they gave us a red hot go. Uh, Sheed was probably the shine and light there. Um, but we're going to touch on young Jai Cully. He's a tall boy. He's, he's, he's very tall. Um, not much of him up top, but uh, body-wise. But one thing I noticed, he was very clean with the ball when he got it. And his skills are, you can tell the reason why they picked him because of his skills. And he was very clean. He, it took a while to get into it. The pace from going from a Colts level to a league level, you could tell. He was put in late in the last quarter. But, you know, there was spots there where he positioned himself right, but he wasn't used by Sheed. A few times Sheed could have gone to him but went wider. So I was very impressed just watching. I went down personally just to see what he looked like when he had the ball and what he did when he didn't have the ball as well. Um, he got a bit lost in, um, what do you call it, no man's land where he was in the middle and he, there was no one around. So he was looking around. He was looking to find somewhere to go. But that comes, you know, his first game, you know what I mean? Um, and his yeah. tactics really good. Yeah, I think you're right, you're right on the head there. And I was going to say, I think a lot of people are expecting him to come in and be this 25 possession player. Like, the, well, the kid from Essendon that went in that um, Massimo, he went in and hit 25 possessions in his first game in, in the VFL. No, but that, but to be, that was his Cully first game. That was his first game for Essendon VFL. He played six that's right. Richmond. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, still, that's, so that's, still, that's, that's not much. But, that's I mean, not a lot. Kelly's coming straight off under 20. 
Yeah. He's coming straight out of the top footy to come into league footy. I mean, Waffle is a very good, you know, that's a pretty good uh, standard of footy these days. And um, I think what it showed too, I think the Eagles have got to make a stand here with the Waffle because I think they either get out and do something different or someone's got to step up and make this competition you know, a lot better because to me, I, I think the Waffle at the moment is, in a, is an embarrassment the way they've treated the way they've treated the Eagles and you know the Dockers seem to be pretty okay with that line with Peel but I mean we're 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 just whipping boys every week and um, yeah look I know we've had our problems with our injuries and everything that's gone on with COVID and that but even so we've still got amateur players playing um, waffle right. football I, I just think it's an embarrassment it is an embarrassment and I said at the start of the year they have to go yeah. by the SANFL model, right? And I've got that in front of me. So in the SANFL, they can have any delisted AFL player who has not played AFL or been on the list for 12 months. So that means they could have gone to country football for a year, a year <coughs> and they can, they can add them to the list. Peel can do that, but West Coast can't. If a player served a minimum of 10 years at the Eagles of Frio, they're not allowed to even join the list. So, like, Marston, right, he got delisted or retired, whatever you want to call it, but he can't play for West Coast Waffle Team. Now, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? He's no longer yeah. in the AFL system, so he should be allowed. And father-sons should be allowed to play for the Eagles. So, young Mainwaring played for Claremont. He could be playing for West Coast now instead in the Waffle side. That's not allowed in the Waffle. And... Our NGA players, they get put over in East Perth, South Fremantle, and they get picked up by other clubs. But if they were playing, you know, they should be allowed to be played at West Coast. And in Adelaide, that's what happens with Adelaide and Port. And then you make those subtle changes, all of a sudden you're going to get a competitive team every week, plus the players from the AFL list have gone back. And that's the only way it can work, um, but we've been on it, we've harped on it. Um, too many... Uh, waffle presidents with their heads up their arse still worried about dominance. And that's all it is. Yeah, to it yeah I agree. What about you, Dan? You, you got anything to say on that? <laughs> uh, no, we've kind of touched on it before. Like, the waffle's got to remember, though, where most of their money comes from. Yes. It does come from the eggs. Um, and uh, it's just such a hard, I think there's got to be clauses more than anything um, that. Like Wayne touched on injuries and COVID. Like once our side is depleted, we should be able to trade in or get retired. So say Maston's not actually playing waffle now. That's when we can get Maston. So we're not really getting these amateur footballers. Um, I don't think they can be walk up starts. I think you got to hit a certain cap basically because the way they've set it up, we had to forfeit a game. That's the way it's set up because we just yeah. couldn't field players. So. Um. Everyone else playing two, three. Yeah, but how many games this year have we only had two, three players available? For? Oh, yeah. That's um, when every, it's a problem. Every as far as I'm concerned, the weekend's game was a competitive game. That was great. So I think once you get under 10, you can then go, right, you're allowed to bring in, um, kind of like the AFL was done with the COVID tendency plan where you can bring in Waffle players to top up your numbers. Eagles should have that in the Waffle where the numbers drop down below 10 AFL listed players. You can then bring in retirees or, you know, you've got Jetta running around, you've got um, 
Wellingham, you got Maston, you got these players running around in second tier competition. Do you know what I mean? In resis yeah. and stuff, those are the right players you should be able to then bring in to fill those gaps to keep you competitive. Because right now we need to be at our best to be competitive. As soon as that drops away, it drops away fast. Well, you, you look at Southry Mantle this year, Brendan Archie. Um, they're, they're, they're littered with ex Eagles players in Southry Mantle. Yeah, you know, um, it's just a joke. Um, yeah, like we said, we, we, and you know, the only thing that can change is if the West Coast do become privately owned, then um, the Waffle got no no leg to stand on because then they're going to go, "Where's our money coming from?" You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, they put, like you said, quite the hand that feeds you. Keep doing it, but just remember who's a cash cow for the waffle, you know? So, but it was good to see down there at the ground. Um, you see all the boys, most of the boys were down there except for Jermaine Jones and Tim Kelly, I think. Everyone else was down there. Um, I don't like their fashion sense. Um, most of them were walking around with sandals with socks on. So it must be a nin thing down there. I don't know what it is, but, yeah, it looked pretty daggy to me. <laughs> might be, it might be a little team thing to do. My, yeah, all my girls yeah. that coach me basketball, we wear Crocs. Would you believe? <laughs> it was weird. It was, a weird it was a weird look. They even got me in. The, uh, the boys were down there having to sign an autograph, and Zach Langman probably signed the most. I think he couldn't get away. So um, he, he, he was doing his bit. So uh, all the other boys, I think, went out the back door and he got stuck. So, um, you know, we're, we're playing Waffle again this week. It's an early game, I think 11 o'clock again. So if you're going to go down to Waffle, get down before you go to the AFL um, game which is on Saturday against Cats. So get down there and uh, see some of the boys because they'll be playing around. Um, let's talk about what's worked and what hasn't quickly before we do anything else. Um, to me, I want you guys to give me like three guys that have impressed you this year that have stepped up. So I'll let you go first, Wayne. Well, I think definitely uh, Gov has stepped up from like – if you go on from last year, Gov had a bad year. I think this year he's been our best player. Uh, he's stepped up big time. He's got his fitness levels up, and I think that's a credit to him, being an experienced player. Um, I think um, young um, Connor West has really stepped up. Uh, his disposal is, I know, is is shabby, but his commitment is outstanding. And he's still a young player. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the other one that, that I've it's only what I believe is, um, has taken a step forward is young Luke Foley. Um, I think he's really, uh, I think he's really starting to come into his, you know, come into the uh, senior football and start and get a bit more confidence. Whether he gets a game, I don't know, because there's talk of Yo coming in to play in the halfback line. So, um, but um, yeah, I think. Those three for me, uh, I mean, that's just, yeah, I'm the three off the top of my head, I think. That's cool. But, I, and I'm sorry, I missed one. Young Jamison to me, I'm, I, I'm just a massive fan of him. You're only allowed I, three, Wayne. I should have mentioned him. I, I'm just yeah, a yeah. massive fan of this kid. Yeah. I reckon he's going to be his gem. All right, Dan, you, you're yeah, three quickly. Well, well, I'll do David. I was going to do two different. So I was going to whack Jamison in there. But oh, yeah, I'll have much. to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I said three by three. But to be honest, my three would be Folly. I wasn't going to say him because Wayne is so I was trying to be a bit different, but he's he's almost a lock now in that defence. I, I really like him down back, surprise packet. 
Um, so then you got Gov. And one that you boys might not agree with, I think Witherden is playing twice as good as he did last year. Like, last year he couldn't defend. He wasn't getting enough of the ball. And now he's he ranked pretty high on uh, one-on-one contests. Um, he's one that's... Well, he's not getting dropped, and that speaks volumes when, you know, Rotham's and stuff are. Yeah. And I think he's come in, and he, he surpassed Rotham. And Rotham I had high hopes on, so... I'd, I'd say those three. I'd say Foley, Garvin, and I'll chuck Wyvern in as well. All right, I just want to. I was going to bring up Wyvern because that was going to be my question to see if you guys knew the answer. Statistically, he has been the biggest improver at the Eagles for the year. Statistically, yep. so um, I'm not. I'm not surprised. You know me. I love my stats, so that's why yeah. I'm high on him. Like he's ranked elite in a few categories. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of guys that you guys haven't. Greg Clark, I thought. He hasn't set the world on fire, but he's just eased in and he's doing his job. He's not flash. He's, he's just in there and he's doing a job, doing a role. So he's one guy that sort of impressed me. I'd like to see him more in the middle, though, to see what he can do out, out of the guts. Um, early on, I thought Patrick Nash, I thought he attacked the ball. Like, and, again, he's like Wes. His disposal ain't the best, but he gave his run and carry when we needed it and Gaff wasn't. Available, so for a guy that came in of limited training, uh, didn't know our game set up. I thought, you know, for the first seven games, you, you just got to take your hat off to a kid that can do that. You know what I mean? Um, he's finding out a bit now that he's getting dropped every second week, but that's what happens when the bigger players come through. And one that has impressed me, and I hope he plays this week, is the Hoff. Yeah, good, good choice. Um, and um, so they're my three that have impressed me. Now, who hasn't impressed you? Because some players that are going to be playing for their, their careers, but let's face it, um, when you're down the bottom of the um, table and you've got to rejuvenate rejuvenate your uh, list, there's some players that are probably sitting there looking over their shoulder going, this could be it for me, and... I've got a few nutted down, and I'm going to say one. And he's, you know, I love the way he attacks the ball, but Nelson is on the chopping block. Mm. Um, I'm hoping Xavier Neal comes back. He's back in a couple of weeks. I'm hoping he gets a chance and really gets to show what he needs. Um, young Winder, he, I know he's got a contract next year, but he's going to have to show more. Uh, there's a lot of those guys on the fringe that, um, probably are looking at them thinking, do I have a career next year? And then you've got guys that are towards the end of their career, like JK, um, you can tell he's he's struggling, but I'm not saying he hasn't been, he's been good. But, you know, these guys got to start looking at each other. Who do you think, boys? Am I on the right track there or what? Yeah, well, my big one is Jamie Cripps. Is just, to me... And I've said this for, and I've, you boys know this, I've said this for 18 months because that's when he signed his last contract. Since he signed his contract, he's done nothing. He's had a couple of good games, but he's really disappointed me. JK, I hate to say it because he's not disappointed me, but I'm I'm just sad that, you know, like he's he's really struggling. There's no question. He's had a couple of good games. But he's going to have, he's going to probably have another couple of games before the end of the year, but he. I, I just think at the moment he's a liability at full four, but then at the moment we haven't really got anyone else to go in there. Um, well, and, they have, and, but they won't use him. 
No, and, and probably another big disappointment for me has been um, the coaches. I'm going to have right. to go with the coaches. I think their lack of their lack of changing of the game. I don't. I don't care about injuries. I don't care. I, I get sick of hearing about this synergy stuff and all this. They all do the same track. They all do the same drills. They're all doing everything, and yet nothing has changed to me. They're still kicking sideways. Um, and, and I know you need the class in to go through the but if you don't try, you don't, you don't. I, and to me, the perfect example is Collingwood, who were drewing at the start of the year and they're muffing up and they're losing. Now they've won their last four or five straight and are a real threat for the season. And the Dockers are the same. But we, that had, that's been my big, biggest disappointment. And the only time we did do it is when we had the young kids in the Collingwood game and we won the game and we changed it and then it stopped. And I don't know why. And that disappointed me. And their lack of changing players in the games, that's that's just disappointed me a lot. Yeah, so um, my three would probably be... Um, so, Winder as well. He's played, what, now five, six Waffle games, uh, uh, AFL games this year, two, three Waffle games this year. He had one okay Waffle game and one great uh, AFL game. But that's it. Um, so, he does need to take the next step up and... Um, at times he looks lazy and it's horrible to say about it. And I don't know if it's a confidence thing, um, but we'll leave it there. Uh, then mine's Bailey Williams because we talk about Jamison, but Bailey Williams was supposed to be almost a better player. Like we were expecting a lot out of him this year. And as far as I'm concerned, Jamison's overtaken him. I think Jamison looks more like the damaging ruck. And that speaks volumes considering he only debuted this year and he – and if you go back even into the waffle, it was Vardy and it was Williams that rucked the majority of the time, even at waffle level. So Jamison's overtaken with the lack of experience. And as far as I can we now that we're starting to get players back, we can't carry both anymore. I really don't yeah. think we can because we have been week in, week out. And you're watching, they're getting like five disposals and seven disposals each. And you can't be too hard on them because they're developing ruck. But then having both of them in with that input, that's damaging. You can carry one having that input because he's learning, but both worries a bit. And for me, one that you boys didn't mention, it's a consistency thing with me, is Jones. Jones is doing my absolute heading. Comes in round one, best on ground. He had a couple goals, 21 disposal, and he carved it through the middle, talking about the game plan. And I agree, early on we did go to the middle and we did try to run it through the middle. Um, and I know you hate hearing about Wayne, but I <laughs> injuries a lot for that. But Jones was a catalyst for that. We saw yeah. it in round one, and he's just – he drops off, and he does it all the time. He comes to have this brilliant game. You think, we've got to play here, and then he follows it up with five average games at best, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I know they've used him down back recently, but that's because he's not impacting in the middle. So they've thrown him down back, and then he's given away stupid free kicks in the back line, you know, because he's not used to it. And his frustration shows where he gives away late tackles, high tackles, he just – Gets people's back, so that would be my third one. All right, cool. Yeah, look, I can't disagree on any of them. All good points. Um, I know you love your stats, Dan. So hopefully the second year, the second half of the year is a lot better than the first because we're ranked 16th for disposals, 15th for total disposals, so 16 disposals per game. Um, we're ranked 17th for, for hitouts, 15th for clearances, and that's probably – your four main areas that you got to work on. So we've got to work on that. Um, so 
you know, second half of the season is there for us to move. The top ball getters were Tim Kelly and Andrew Gaffer so far. They're 25 disposals each round uh, average, and Gaff's 24, and Redden's 22, and Shuey, well, he's only played a few, but 21. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. They need, you know, to lift in that area. So, see what happens in the second part of the year. Um, I'm hoping we win a few more games, but that's yet to be seen. Let's quickly talk about the Cats because we've only got a few minutes left because we're doing it by Zoom. Um, we play them this weekend. Uh, 55 times we've played each other. It's 27 apiece with one draw. Now, that was interesting. I was surprised at that. Um, but the biggest ever losers, losses, I thought uh, last year was our biggest loss against the Cats, but we actually have been beaten by the Cats by massive margins more than any other team. The biggest is 135 points in round 13, 2008. That's our second biggest loss ever. And in the same year, we played them again, and they beat us by 99 points. <laughs> so it was a Ooh. shocking year in 2008. And I remember at that time they were doing it to a lot of teams, though. Oh, yeah, they were they smashing were people. Then, yeah. Our biggest win, can you, you know when our biggest win against the Cats was? Gee, I couldn't remember the last time we absolutely smashed them. Well, 2004, five. No, the biggest win we've ever had over Cats has been in the grand final, 80 points. Jeez, mm, awesome. 92 or 94. And 94, so it's 94. been a long, long time. So, um, yeah, I was a bit surprised at that one, Do I thought we might have bowed them. But, and that 135 points was at Subiaco. We lost by 135 points at Subiaco. Jeez. Lovely. <laughs> That's uh, for those uh, trivia uh, stats buffs. Um, key matchups, boys, quickly. Who's going to play on Hawkins? Uh, Tom, for me. Tom Barras. Yeah, I'm the best forward. That's, he's, a, he's our best backman for a best full forward. So who's going to go, yeah. go Cameron then? Yo, uh, there's one for yep. you. Yo? Yo, go, yo, because he'll go up the ground a bit. Cameron run back. Just say, yo, you just stick with him. Mm. Wherever he runs, you run. I like that. I like that. Out of the box. Do we tag Duncan? No. Uh, well, he's playing off half-back, isn't he? Well, the he's, last two times we've played him, he's been the one that's cut us up. Yeah, well, on the bloke I'd be tagging is Tom Stewart off the back. Off the back yeah, I'll, I'll defensive. Yeah, I agree with that. He said, he said that's if he plays. Up. That's if he's plays. he's plays. He's a test. Yeah, he'll play. All right, he's a test. Um, Nick's out for two. Well, Nick's probably back in two weeks, but will it be through the waffle? Um, Xavier, O'Neill, who he's back in two weeks. He'll probably come through the waffle. Uh, Dan, like you said, Jones, uh, he's had COVID, so he's a test. So I'd say he'd play the waffle. Langdon's probably the longest one that we'll be waiting on for four weeks, all the rest are inactive. Geelong have got... Injuries, Segler's not going to be playing. Danger's not going to be playing. Parfit's not going to be playing. And Radicalia, Higgins and Collagesny are all tests this week. So my question to you boys is they play a similar sort of game style to us, especially out of the back half. They have been trying a few different things going forward, same as us. Um, but do you see us being competitive or do you even see us winning the game? I don't see us winning the game. Or I just want us to be competitive. And if we lose by five goals, I'd be happy. 
What about you, Wayne? Uh, yeah, yeah. De- definitely can't put us down for the win. I think maybe not starting this week because we've fallen for this trap before. You get the good gate names back, yeah. but they're not quite fit yet. You know what I mean? They're coming off hamstring injuries, and um, I'm expecting four or five changes again. But I'm thinking towards the later half of the year, or oh, well, later, you know, quarter yeah. of the year or so, after a few more games, we will start to see a bit more competitive and hopefully get one or two more wins in. Let's hope it's only a couple of wins because I still want that pick, but a lot more competitive games at least the second half of the year. Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm going to go out of the box and I'm going um, to say Eagles going to win this game and they're going to win by nine points. Some, I don't know. I've just got to be – I'm trying to be ultra-positive. It'll probably come undone. I'm not going to tip him. But because <laughs> um, my money's worth more, but you know, winning. Uh, but yeah, look, it's gonna. I, as long as it's a competitive game, and like you said, Dan, four or five players going to be coming back in. When you make that many changes, it's hard to win a game. So we'll see. Get down to Optus Oval on Saturday, two thirty-five, or get down to the Waffle. Uh, they're at eleven o'clock, I think this this week. Um, Get down and watch one of the games or watch on the live stream both. Um, and hopefully we're talking about a couple of wins next week. Uh, join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Download the podcast wherever you do. Um, if you've got any questions, send them in to us, guys. Um, we try and happy to answer them and if we can. And um, thanks for joining us again, guys. It was a good show, be it a short one. No worries. Good to see you, boys. See you on Monday. Right, until next Glad week, guys. We'll uh, see ya. Go Eagles. Born is bright from isolation, a fortress built. We cross the nation, our colors share the West Coast sky. Our will to win will never die.